The I Hate the Antichrist podcast is brought to you by webarchist.com. BJ has been a huge help in helping us keep up the website, so that takes a lot of the burden off of my back, so that she uh, helps me free up myself to worry about getting guests and uploading for you guys. So thank you very much, BJ. And everyone else, enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful episode of the I Hate the Antichrist podcast. This is your host, Awe. I'm here with uh, probably somebody you've seen before if you've looked at any uh, political tweet by uh, most politicians in the past year or so. Um, he's got a very popular video he likes to post, but he does a lot more than that, so I'd like to invite on Bang Switch Actuator. How's it going, man? Uh, it is going fantastic. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, I'm Bing Switch Actuator. Uh, also, I go by this name Adam. Kind of a weird one, I know, but you know, <laughs> that was uh, that was the name my parents gave me. So um, feel free to refer to me as as that. And I appreciate you you having me on. Um, yeah, no problem. Excited. Why don't you go ahead and tell the kids uh, what the hell you're doing here? Uh, well, uh, you invited me on for a discussion about, um, about fascism. And that's kind of fitting because the video you uh, referenced and joked about is, uh, one that I love to drop and that people love to see where, uh, I, I, it basically, it's me holding a uh, M16, a four clone. And, uh, I say F you fascist. And, uh, <laughs> that definitely gets deployed against people who, uh, would, usually probably think they're not fascist but if yeah. you actually look at them they are yeah 100 percent, and and that's really what what i've dropped in here see these people have this mentality that you know fascism is nazis from the 1940s with swastikas and white supremacy and like even fascism of the time wasn't even limited to that no no not not at all um essentially all politics of the time were fascism at some level if they weren't socialist Absolutely. And you know what, though, like I, I, I kind of like to start with, um, I would say what uh, what fascism is not and, and just kind of like kind of like the br break down what people typically think fascism is from their from their, you know, Wikipedia, you know, their Googling. Uh, but but actually, if you think about it from take away, it's just just try not to think of what your preconceived notions are of fascism fr from those. Um, and, and I like to start with saying that fascism is, is neither, uh, uh it's not a right wing ideology as what is yes. always said. It's always said it's a right wing, uh, ideology. It is slightly right on right of center on the extreme authoritarian side. So yeah, yeah. What I, what I like to start with and, and to kind of like preface this is, you know, to really break it down is, you know, uh, in Europe. It, okay, maybe in Europe in the 1940s, it could have been considered a, a right-wing movement there because in the United States, the, the left-wing, right-wing, uh, it's a false paradigm. Um, yes. you know, and in Europe, I would argue that there, it's a false paradigm there because it's just how left are you? It's just it, every, you know, everyone's a socialist, but what type of socialist are you? So the real paradigm, and, and this is uh, – whether you're talking fascists versus commies or Democrats versus Republicans, it's all uh, a bunch of, of crap because it's actually uh, liberty versus power. And the more liberty you have, you, like, it, it, you would say you would eventually go into anarchy. 
because you have no rulers, no masters. Um, and some people like to say no gods, but I would disagree with them heavily uh, there. Um, and then if you go the extreme other way, it's extreme authoritarianism, yes. where it doesn't matter whether you want to call yourself uh, a, a fascist dictator or a communist dictator. The end result is the same. That's why, you know, there, you know fascism and communism, if you really think about it, they're kissing cousins. The, the yeah. only the, where people like to get the hold up is uh, though. Yes, as you said, they'll um, really hold on to uh, the racist aspects of it. Um, of, of Nazi Germany um, in, in, in dealing with them and go, no, that's just what a fascist are. They're just right wing um, racist. But yeah, I mean, those people suck. Don't get me wrong, but that's not what it is. It's more broad. So yeah, it, exactly. if you really look at it, I would say that economically you, that if you look at fascism, it's, you still have private businesses, but they're, just insanely regulated by the government so much that they might as well be government owned. They just technically legally aren't. It's like a stepping stone towards socialism, which is the stepping stone towards communism. Yeah. And uh, one, one of the most interesting things is uh, one of the recent uh, mass shooters, the Buffalo shooter, he was a niche ideology that border that is the ideology that borders in between communism and fascism. Nazbols, national Bolshevism. They want to utilize a communist revolution to bring about a white ethno state or whatever ethno state they prefer. Um, yeah. It's a it, that is what the dude who shot up that tops in Buffalo believed in. It was in his manifesto. He had the black sun. But also he said he was anti-fascist and he was like pro-communist. It was, it was very, it was honestly very uh, striking to see a niche joke internet ideology become a real one in front of our very eyes. You know, I agree. violent consequences too. I, I also, I, I feel like that guy was just a super, I think he was trolling as well. Like I, he, that particular case, that, that. I, I feel it like been. it was a disturbing, a very, very disturbing uh, troll. Yeah. And y you would be. He also looked correct. at furry porn on his phone. Like it was the last thing he looked at before he went out there. It's those furries, man. Can't trust them. <laughs> um, by the way, one of my next products I'll be selling on the website will be furry hunting licenses available uh, <laughs> at OEUI.life. And all any potential furry listener is now turned off. <laughs> I'm fine by this. <laughs> it's okay. They don't identify as people. They identify as animals anyway. So, <laughs> um, All right. So back to the fascism. Uh, so I think one of the funniest things that I run into is how many it's it's always modern day liberals it's almost always modern day liberals sometimes it's still conservative sometimes they say stupid stupid shit but uh more often than not it's some liberal who thinks they're being uh they think they're being sensitive and helpful to some downtrodden intersectional class uh when in reality they're basically shit talking that person and saying ah oh, you need my help because all of these things are wrong with you uh yeah um 
and it's it's kind of um what what would you use the term uh it's it especially when it gets applied to minorities it's like a a, a modern day um white man's burden uh yeah. you, you know you basically if you really look at let's be honest you have your stereotypical box wine drinking uh white woman who's just telling everyone uh how how oppressed they are uh and you know for for this reason or that and how, and if you say eh, no i'm not oppressed for for this reason or um they'll, they'll just screech and just <laughs> and then when you actually say reasons where you actually where people actually are oppressed uh either radio silence or you're a fascist <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like the like talking about how regulations keep everybody but the small but the biggest companies from being able to operate. Um, this this propensity to to be so hypersensitive that they want to protect the entire planet from everybody else. Um, it, it's almost like a form of narcissism. They think it's their responsibility, their duty to do these sorts of things. Um, and I think that's really what ties into the whole fascist mindset where everyone's supposed to be lockstep. Everyone's supposed to be lockstep voluntarily and under the same narrative. Um, it really is eerily similar to what we've seen in previous fascist things, not just with, uh, you know, Japan and Germany and Italy, but also with, uh, with Pinochet. I mean, that dude mm-hmm. was... I mean, that dude well, dropped motherfuckers out of helicopters. I mean, even if you hate communists, like that's a one hell of a way to go getting dropped out of a helicopter. Uh, you know, my understanding is that's uh, that's actually uh, a myth, uh, an urban legend. Um, but part of me wants to believe. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's certainly. It, I, I hate uh, the. You know, violence in general, um, you know, obviously, if you have to do it in self-defense, then do it. Uh, yeah. I, 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 but, uh, yeah, advocating violence to kill your political opponents, no matter how disgusting their views are, um, as long as they aren't hurting anybody, that's that's in itself is disgusting. Exactly. And, and there's this there's just this propensity in our, in our modern culture to really demonize violence of all types whether it's defensive of the good or you know, offensive against evil or you know somebody evil doing bad you know to, to attack someone who's not doing anything they're just you know standing there or something and they get shanked in the throat uh, and it's just you know people are like that sometimes and because of that the the ability for the average person to be able to defend themselves is so crucial. There's nothing that, that protects people more than their own ability to react to the situation in front of them. If you take away some of their options then you're taking away their, their ability to defend themselves. And that's what fascists want because fascists are the one who are trying to, to, you know, take advantage of people. They're trying to force them into specific positions they're trying to force them into uh lockstep regulations my biggest problem with regulations is actually because it causes uh consumerism and i actually hate consumerism i i'm i'm not uh i don't really have a problem with with uh capitalism per se 
but I just feel like it always creates consumerism, as does uh, fascism. And what they end up doing is they end up uh, causing the products that are available on the market to become more and more derivative of a single historical product. Um, so, for example, in, in those markets, those markets have to re-arise based off of lost products if they want to come back. So, for example, uh, foot-shaped shoes stopped existing for like 40 years. You could only get them as climbing shoes and they were ugly and in like super bright colors and stuff and nobody wanted to wear them. So if you wanted to, you know, be able to use your feet properly while walking and be able to get your full range of motion um, without a big clunky marshmallow heel getting in the way, you basically couldn't do it for 30, 40 years in the United States. You had to get either a dress shoe or a sneaker or a Chuck Taylor. And that was basically your only option. Um, and this is also the, the same sort of problem that arises. And I, this is, you know, where the fascism lines up on the right side and the left side. It's right here in the middle. This is why I insist fascism is a centrist ideology. It's just basically a more authoritarian version of liberalism, in my opinion. It's very hard. <clears throat> if we sit and go left versus right, uh, I, I really hate that, that paradigm. Um, yeah. But I would, if it's, there's certainly there's just so much overlap between the two. If you if you look at what the, what Democrats and Republicans argue for in the United States, it's all it's all pretty much just they're arguing for different levels of authoritarianism or, or authoritarianism yeah. in different ways. Um, and you know when it comes to to the GOP in particular. Um, I don't think most of those people that are in office have any beliefs of, of what they uh, of, of what they support. They just know that it, it half the things they say sound good to their constituents and it'll get them elected. And so they'll. But I mean, if you look at the GOP time and time again, uh, they always end up Democrats pretty much get everything they want. Yep. And even if they don't get it today, they'll get it 10 years from now. Uh, and, and in 10 years, it's the Overton window where they just increasingly just, uh, a Republican today is just a Democrat 10, 20 years ago. And it yeah. just keeps staying that way. And, and if you actually look at the country, when we've had this, the two parties there, look at it. We have, if you look at this country, it's politics from a hundred years ago to now, uh, it, it's, it's gone from. Hell, not even a hundred years ago. Look at Goldwater with, uh, uh, you know, he'd be considered, uh, uh, he was considered an extremist in his day, mm -hmm. but he almost became president. Uh, and, um, and now he would probably be on an FBI watch list. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I just, I just don't put a lot of faith in your stock into either of them. I, I feel they're just going to sell us out no matter what we do, which is uh, uh, kind of what led me away from. I was originally a Republican. Uh, then I moved to, uh, uh, you know, the libertarian side of things with, uh, you know, Ron Paul. Uh, Ron Paul cured my apathy was a big phrase back in, you know, 2008. Um, so I was, a, you know, Ron Paul Republican. Then I was like, eh, I'm a libertarian Republican. Oh, no, I'm a libertarian. Now I'm just like, F all you guys. I'm an anarchist. 
I am simply myself. Uh, that that's really it. I, to me. Um, to be completely honest, the way I picture myself is I on earth am an anarchist, but in reality, in the entire scope of things, I am a citizen of the kingdom of God, and I need to behave as such. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm with you there. I think uh, so. I was talking purely when it comes to, to politics, but uh, oh the yeah, only I laws, am too. Yeah, the only laws I care about <laughs> are God's laws. I I'm with you on there. I think uh, uh, that's that's where where I sit. The Bible uh, I, makes I can, it. I can very barely follow clear. those. The Bible makes it very clear that uh, to accept a religion, or sorry, to accept a, pol- a political ideology, and to follow a, a leadership in such a way that doesn't honor God is is a rejection of Him. So when the Israelites in Samuel in First uh, Samuel eight, if I remember right, um, when they uh, when they wanted a, a king because everyone around them had kings that were going forth and conquering, conquering, and the Israelites wanted to, you know, go forth and conquer under a king. God, you know, you know, at first it was no, but then after, you know, discussing with him, uh, they, you know, God, they basically can had Samuel convince God to say, yes, but here's what will happen. And it's like, you know, you're, they'll come for your sons and take them off to war. They'll come for your daughters and take them off for labor and servitude. They'll take your horses for their armies. They'll take your uh, cattle for their own men's food. And uh, they will take everything and then they will take your life. And in the, on that day, you will cry out for me, but I shall not hear you. Um, and it is this rejection of of god that that is set, that is so pervasive uh in in basically every state-based system it's it, i i personally seek to recreate that uh that union to recreate that uh relationship with god where we are trusting directly in him. There's nobody between us and him. There's no priest. There's no government. There's no you know saints that you have to get, go through to get to God. No, it is you and God, and that is it. If you never saw the Bible in your life, but you simply listened to God as he speaks to you through your actions and reacting with him, you could still find yourself becoming, uh, 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 becoming saved at some point. That is my position is that, you know, God is there regardless. God was always there. He will always be there. Yeah. It's, I I love how you brought up, uh, that story from, uh, from Samuel. Um, just because, yeah, it's just to recap the long and the short of that is there, there wasn't, you know, for, for the, you know, for the Israelites, for the Jewish people, there was n- not really a government. There was, well, there was, there was God, God was King. And, uh, that was, that was it. There was no earthly ruler. And that's why he kind of sat there. He's like, really guys, that's really what you want. I don't think you do. Yeah. But, uh, if you really look at if, <laughs> the, when, when we talk about the Israelites and the Jewish people being God's, uh, children, uh, Take if you actually look at the uh, the Torah and the Tanakh, and it's you read the stories, 
and you look at, uh, you know, um, uh, the, the Talmud, the, you know, stories there, you can find that it's, it's, it really is a funny, very true, uh, parent with child. It really is. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, father, son or father, daughter relationship, however you want to, to look at it, uh, complete with, complete with those, uh, angsty teenage years of, um, <laughs> the Jewish people being, uh, being, being, uh, rebellious. And, but that's our nature. Like we, we really are as God's children. We are, we, we are rebellious and that's, that's what, what got us here. It's, it's kind of just, uh, going, okay, you can have it. I mean, I, I, I remember, I mean, my, my daughter is only seven months old, but I remember looking back now, I don't know about you, but I can look back and go see the same things my parents would do to me. Yeah, okay, okay fine. You want to do this? Go for it, dumbass. <laughs> and then guess what? I got proved to be an idiot. So, <laughs> like when you first touch the stove, or you first try biting a balloon, or you know whatever have you. Yes. So uh, listening to your parents always good, <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> to an extent, yeah. Um, that actually brings me to something I've been uh, really, really thinking about for a while. And it's uh, uh, there, there's an aspect of the Bible that I think has been really overlooked by basically every major church, basically every relational, uh, every, every, every relational rule in the Bible seems to be a two way street. Um, so for example, in Romans 13, when they're talking about how, uh, all authorities have been appointed by God and that they are not a terror for those who do good works, but for evil works. Well, that also goes the other direction. That also means that if an authority is a terror for those who do good works, then it's clearly either not, or it's given up its appointment by God. What's uh, uh what what verse is that again? I, I'd like to uh I'd like to look at that. Uh, I believe sorry, it's I'm Romans not... thirteen three. It's Romans. the one that's commonly used to condone uh condone state worship. Okay, I, um, I yeah I'm familiar with it. Uh, I, it's just been it's been long since I've long time since I've read uh uh the the Christian Bible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, yes, it's that, that you're right. I, I, I'm familiar with that as having been historically used to, um, just do what the government says. Exactly. Um, but if, but but there's only so, that can only go so far. (laughs) Exactly. There's a point to where you're either violating God's laws or you're, uh, you're violating the sanctity of the temple of your own body. Um, there's, there's a lot to that, actually. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, R- Romans is actually... It's, it's one of the most nuanced books, right next to Leviticus, which I think is the most nuanced of all the books. Um, a proper reading of Leviticus actually ends up with half of the book being basically medical advice being put out as laws you know 
don't have gay butt sex or you'll get shit dick and die. Don't uh, monkey pox. Yeah, monkey pox at this point. And demonetize that. <laughs> um, you know, uh, don't, uh, you know, play with your wife's period rag. Get rid of it and then wash your hands. <laughs> um, the the word, uh, there's a verse in Leviticus about if your wife is on her period, she has to be exiled. That's a mistranslation in several different English versions of the Bible. Um, the clo- the Hebrew original, or or actually no, wait, not Hebrew, Aramaic original would have been closer to uh, to uh, quarantine. So basically, the Bible establishes the the law of quarantine. Uh, I, I don't know. I I, I kind of like that idea of uh, sending the misses away for like a week every uh, <laughs> every month. I'd make my life a lot easier. <laughs> Give her a vacation to a super spa just to get her out of the house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one, one day, not quite that, uh, <laughs> not quite that uh, uh, well to do, but yeah. man, that sounds glorious. <laughs> I'm sure she'd love it too. And she doesn't even realize that you're doing it to get away. <laughs> or maybe she does and she doesn't care because she's getting what she wants out of it. Right, she's got green goop all over her face with uh, cucumbers covering her eyes. Is, there you uh, go. Yeah, <laughs> real commercial stereotype. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you were in the Marine Corps. Uh, yes. Uh, so I was active duty from uh, 2011 to 2015, uh, and then uh, I did some time in the reserves in uh, about a, almost a year in um, 2017 or 2018. Huh. Nice. Uh, what was your uh, what was your uh, rank? What did, what was your job, if I may? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I left uh, active duty as a corporal, uh, which is an E four, and um, my I was infantry, so I was an O three eleven, also known as a rifleman. Um, you know, I deployed twice uh, during my time in active duty, and uh, I did uh, one one deployment uh, on a on a booze cruise called a Mew which meant I was on a Navy ship, um, which is also funny. My brother did 13 years in the Navy. In my one deployment, I did more time on a ship than he did his entire career. Uh, and then, yeah, I know, right? And then my second career, uh, I went to uh, Afghanistan, and uh, we did some combat operations there. I was based out of uh, Camp Leatherneck. We actually uh, handed over in 2014. We were supposed to be the last combat unit there. We handed over uh, Camp uh, uh uh, leatherneck to the, the Afghan National Army uh, and peaced out. Uh, and then promptly, I think less than a year later, we went back. <laughs> I didn't go, but uh, the Marine Corps went back. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, I don't have any real military experience in my opinion myself. I did one maritime contract, which I got to from the security side, not from the military side. So that was an interesting experience. Um, and I got to see a little bit of kind of how the whole the whole military and combat thing goes. But, um, I, you know, when you're when you're in security, when you're just a merc, you're not making that personal connection with the guys the same way as I as I hear the guys talk about the old dudes they that were in their troops and their platoons and whatnot when they were in military service. 
is a vast sweeping majority of people in uh in the security industry especially on on uh maritime side they're from uh they're they're from the military so that's most of what you end up seeing yeah that that makes sense uh i almost ended up doing some contracting myself but uh uh I kind of just talked myself out of it at the end. I talked to some of my friends who, who got involved with it and the company that I was going to get involved with. And they kind of steered me, uh, friends kind of steered me away and I'm kind of glad they did. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of regret doing it. I mean, it was a lot of money, but I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I, it was cool to visit, uh, another continent, but other than that, I mean, it just, it was miserable um and it was extremely stressful especially when we got to the port um oh whatever i'll tell you i went to mogi so you went to where mogadishu oh okay yep yeah so it was a container ship it was uh full of all sorts of like grains and stuff were getting transported mostly um a few vehicles that's basically from what i understand that's what most of the cargo was um and it was a three-month operation. Um, went out of uh, out of the Gulf of Mexico and yeah, went through the uh, the canal instead of going around the Horn like a man. <laughs> I've been through that ditch because uh, it really is. I mean, it's just a it's a big ditch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was nice being on the boat the whole time instead of uh, instead of having to get off at any point. That was cool. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, that's all a bunch of fascist fascist bullshit. So uh... <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Uh, it's it, I, I I would say that certainly uh, the. I mean, depending on what you're doing with contracting, I mean, if you're just doing security contracting, deliver goods, that may not be necessarily fascist because, you know, you're helping places safely deliver goods to people who need it or want to buy it. Uh, I would say what I did. um, Pirates ordering stuff online, I bet. Yeah. Uh, If you want to say what I did was, uh, I don't think I could disagree uh, in any way, shape or form. I mean, it's it was. I'm glad that I was there when we left, but, uh, and I'm very thankful. I, I really am thankful for my experiences that I had, mm-hmm. but, uh, That's good. it, you know, certainly, certainly it was, um, working for the man. Uh, and that's not a good man to be working for because we are a fascist country. You know, people may not want to, see it they may not want to recognize it but for all extensive purposes um economically at at a minimum there's there's there can be no argument that we are not a fascist country there are on the walls of i believe i can't remember if it's senate or congress um but there are (laughs) right on the wall right on either side of the speaker of the house's podium i think the thing is the speaker of the house whoever um, there are literal facies on the wall, you know, an axe surrounded like by by a bundle of sticks, the the symbol of fascism. Yeah, it's 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 right there. Um, you have to 
know what you're looking at and you have to put it within historical context. But I mean, where, where we started, uh, how it started versus how it's going are definitely two completely different animals. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. It's, 100%. it's it, cause you know, I mean, for, for all it's worth, how the country started the ideals, the enlightenment ideals that it upheld, um, it, we could have become something, uh, incredible, but Mm -hmm. the problem with government is government exists to grow government and it just keeps perpetuating that until you end up with the, the monster we have today. It's, you know, they were trying to limit things and like, I don't know about you. Uh, I would have been an anti-federalist, uh, within the, the, uh, the times of, um, you know, post, uh, post, uh, war, um, mm-hmm. revolutionary times or post revolutionary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. After the revolutionary war, there were, uh, uh, two political, um, parties, the, the federalist and the anti-federalist. And the reason that the bill of rights even exists is because the anti-federalists would not, uh, sign the constitution. Uh, they wouldn't ratify it if they wouldn't at a minimum say, we're going to, uh, come back and make these amendments later. And now, now to the, to the Federalist credit, they were all, they look at, you know, every, all these amendments and they were like, what do you mean? We don't need to make these. These are just understood. Like they, they weren't in disagreement with the, uh, you know, freedom of speech or the right to keep and bear arms uh, or, you know, some of the obscure ones that no one seems to remember that, you know, quartering uh, soldiers in your house. Mm-hmm. Um they, they, they just understood those to be just principles that were going to guide the country. They were just understood. But apparently, the, but the anti-federalists were right because fast forward uh, 250 some years and uh, we have people saying that, you know, we need to confiscate all the guns. And uh, we also should, uh, you know, control freedom of speech. Um, yeah. You know, you can't say these things. The hell I can't. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know a lot of the stuff from the from that era was was a lot more well understood because the English language at the time was a lot more concise. Um, the understanding of the language, like there is more depth of grammar to the language. We had letters then that we don't use anymore. They have the long s and the soft s now, uh, back then. Like that that alone is a, is a sign that the language was different, but so many phrases that were used back then mean very strict, straightforward things that were supposed to be solid and unchanging. And just over time we've, we've lost this, this, I guess, I guess, sir, you sort of lose the ability to, uh, to see things from that, that more strict perspective. If the language isn't as strict in that manner, and that causes a lot of communication issues. It causes the uh, causes the power dynamics to change over time. And honestly, the the I, I don't want to say it's caused more problems than it's than it's solved, but at best, it's been a cushion. Uh, we've been it, it's been a a slowly deflating hot air balloon. Um, yeah. Uh, it is a slow descent, granted, which is nice. That means we're not going to crash suddenly and die, hopefully. Um, but 
it's a descent nonetheless, and we are still losing occasional rights and uh, bringing them back. Sometimes we get lucky, but uh, I mean, with the one of the, one of the newest pieces of legislation Biden put out was a big assault rifle ban, and I believe it just finally got approved through basically everything, if I remember right. Uh- uh, H.R. Uh, 1808, uh, it has been passed through the House, and uh, which means it moves on to the Senate. It has not been voted upon by the Senate yet. Okay. And, you know, people, there's so many people going, oh, it's dead in the water uh, in, in the Senate. The Republicans aren't going to, uh, they're all going to vote against it. You don't know that. Yeah, exactly. uh, they, they may have enough, uh, and they may be able to convince people because, if you think that those people in charge care about your rights, they don't. They don't. All they care about is getting reelected so that they can keep getting amassing more power for themselves because the more power you have, the more money you can make because money is a byproduct of power. It's all pure selfishness, which is what this podcast is essentially about. This is what I call the body of the Antichrist. It, it, it's the, uh, the cumulative behavior and nature of humankind. Um, our habits, our desires, our wants. Um, it, it's all just the, this cumulative... Uh, 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 the id, essentially. The, the emergent property of the set of the entirety of humanity's id. If, if you're familiar with the with the Freudian term, the id, the ego, the superego. Uh, I will uh, I will admit uh, my, my knowledge of Freud is limited to sometimes just a cigar is just a cigar. Uh. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I, I think I get what you're generally saying, though, the, the general gist is just that. I get what you're saying. Basically, all, all, the our, our own of the entirety of human humanity's selfish, basal, uh, high time preference desires um, ends up creating uh, this this emergent property. It's a monster. Um, it, it creates uh, branches of the government like the ATF, which go and try to take away. The ability for uh, good, normal American citizens to be able to defend themselves from the people who uh, who have guns who want to hurt people and would never submit to any government anything anyway. Um, it's the same uh, emergent property that that, that sort of it, it dictates. How do I put it? It dictates the end result of the cumulative uh, selfishness of human beings. So if a a bunch of people who are socially conscious of each other were asked individually, hey, what do you think of this? And the opinion is different from their actual opinion. When those people make that decision together, uh, they are not making the correct decision as they truly should. This is this is why one of the reasons why I think democracy is also a rejection of God, similar to the way uh, the way monarchy is. Uh, it's it's the body of the Antichrist, man. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, democracy 
it's uh, two wolves and a sheep discussing what's for dinner, or uh, you know, you could, you know, you could make it a little bit more modern and say, uh, you know, if you got two, two, three people, they can uh, <clears throat> three people voting, two of them can vote, you know, to uh, oppress the minority, um, which is Four why democracy is so disgusting. Love democracy. What's that? Four out of five butt rapists love democracy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, we, so it's, and while people sit there and, you know, they, they think about all the good that they go, oh, well, democracy is great because we can all come into agreeance of, of, of what we want. No, it's not everybody. It's, 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 it's only what the majority wants and the majority may be very oppressive, but they'll just sit there and only highlight the good. Like, because you could you could sit there, you know, only play devil's advocate just to bring back up the ATF. Uh, just thinking about them. Well, we had to start the ATF because uh, we were going to um, turn into Mexico. You know, think about it. Right. We had these gangsters running around with uh, with, with Tommy guns uh, out seriously out gunning our, our, our poor police who only had, you know, six shooter revolvers. And so people go, oh, man. Yeah, we, we, we have got to combat and, you know, we, we have to fight fire with fire. We're going to pass laws. And, uh, you know, now you come from the the prohibition era where you had uh, gangsters running around with their Tommy guns to protect their uh, their um, their their booze that was made illegal. Imagine that prohibition creates uh, violence. Um, but now, you know, if you were just someone who wants to put a machine gun to, to collect uh, you better have at least uh, fifty, seventy thousand dollars, and be willing to go through all that loopholes just to get a a, a forty-year-old uh, weapon. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, and then and now once again we're sitting here going. It's gone from trying to keep the you know basically the gangsters, the equivalent of the cartel in Mexico today, to s- suppressing our rights to going. Oh, uh, HR eighteen oh eight. If you actually look at that, it basically bans the vast majority of semi-automatic weapons, period. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my problem with the whole thing is, is, and this is why I I blame it as a big emergent property, is it's not, the, the people voting aren't the majority. The people who actually go out of their way to vote are a minority. And honestly, they shouldn't be the type of person to go out and vote. Isn't the type of person who should be making a decision about a, a country in, in my opinion. Um, and it's because they're these types of people who, who are basically fascists. They want to go out. They believe their opinion. It matters enough that it should control a, another person is and is not allowed to do. And to some extent, yeah, fine. We shouldn't probably murder people or whatever. If that's your opinion, I mean, good on you. Pretty basic, but I mean, good on you. Um, but instead, what we end up with is we end up with the government slowly turning more and more into a into a state that tries its best to penalize people who want to follow the rules and ignore, if not abet, people who want to break social standards, who want to s- sin uh, for, for I'm, I'm sure you and I, um, who want to uh, cause undue harm to others. It, it ends up becoming basically the entire purpose behind their being 
and uh, they think they're in the moral right because they are helping the government come to a decision on whether to oppress Group A or to oppress Group B. Group B. Yeah, right? We need to make uh, everyone pay their fair share of taxes. Uh, Okay, the fair share is zero, bud. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it, it amazes me how the, how people just accept the status quo and where we are. Um, and they're unwilling to, to look back and see, see what we've lost. We've lost so much, man. We, we have, you know, it's, especially since, uh, 9-11 in the last 20 oh. years it has been i have watched you know half my life just we have lost so so much we've made a, we get a little win here and there but i i mean i remember people furious um when they started putting in those uh scanners in the in the airports where uh, they, you know, the TSA was seeing your naked body. Um, yeah. and, and now everyone just as like a drone, they just walk through it. But Hey, if you pay a fee, if you pay the, uh, TSA 80 bucks, they'll, they'll give you uh TSA pre and you don't even have to take your shoes off. Yep. So, I mean, what's the difference? What, what is, what is paying $80 for a, um, at least I think that's the, uh, what that rate uh, was, $80 or so. Not a significant amount of money to get a five-year um, free pass to just, you know, keep your shoes on. You walk through a metal detector and they, they send you on your way. Like, what, what does that do? How does, how does paying a little money, you can go, oh, well, we do a background check. Well, background what the fuck does that do? Yeah. Here's the thing. I've posted more extremist content online than most people ever will in their entire life. Um, I've probably done and gotten away with more stupid shit than most people ever will in their lives, including career criminals. Um, And I have never failed a background check my entire life. I would, by all people who want to like people who are quote-unquote uh, law-abiding citizens would consider, I would probably be considered a quote-unquote bad guy by these people. But yet, I pass on my background checks. Their system doesn't work. It never did. It never has. It never will. Because your, your system is designed to catch people who've already done stuff. But mm-hmm. the people who are actually causing damage are the people who it's almost impossible to find out what they're doing because you don't know who they are. You don't know what they do. You don't even know what their crimes are. But these are the people who are, are actually causing damage. And they're usually people who've actually made it into you know positions of decent power. You know, senators, congressmen, presidents, children of presidents, uh, major company executives. I mean, the, the further you go up the hierarchy, the higher the percentage of psychopaths per hundred person becomes to the point where I believe at the highest end, it's one out of every five billionaires is a psychopath. 
you know, it, 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 it that would not surprise me uh, in one bit. <clears throat> but I mean, at the same time, you have to be careful there because um, you can become quite successful because, you know, the four out of the five then of the millionaires are, are not psychopaths, you know? So, um, yeah. So, so we have to be careful there because being wealthy and successful uh, is certainly not an indicator that uh, someone is a bad person. Of course. And, and I try to, you know, re- remind people of that, you know, I saw, uh, I posted something and some guy whose profile, he was definitely a, uh, a communist. He was like, yeah, uh, that reminds me to sharpen my guillotine for the rich. And I'm like, it's not the rich, it's the powerful. The powerful are rich be- as a byproduct of, of the power that they have amassed. You know, I mean, it's, that's the, that's who you got to watch out for. Not the person who's just trying to make a buck. Uh, you got to watch out for the person who's trying to amass power. Yes. And that's why these, the, uh, the commies had a thing called petty bourgeois, which is like, you know, small business owners, equipment owning farmers who don't work for their, their crony state, uh, etc. Um, they, they had this, this idea, but in our society, you're starting to see, you know, petty tyrants, petty, uh, petty, you know, power hungry people who are, you know, they're on the, the basic bitch level with regular citizens like you and I, but they're on this power trip. They're usually in charge of your HR department or they're in charge of your local, uh, DIE or your, uh, what, what, HOA. Um, yeah. HOA, your homeowners association. They're, uh, they're, oh, they're also part of your PTA, your parent teacher Alliance. Um, they are out here making controlling decisions and they're basically the only ones who want to go out of their way to talk about anything. Um, so they basically get everything they want and nobody gets to do anything about it. Nope. Nope. Cause we just give all the power to these, uh, these departments just because we want to give them that power and it just ruins fucking everything. It's, <laughs> It's it's the new avenue through which fascism is coming, and 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 I don't know, man. I fucking hate it. It's gay, derogatory gay, not the homosexual gay. Uh, no, yeah, I I feel you, man. And that's that's kind of why the actually no, fuck it, the homosexual gay too. <laughs> Sorry, I I I'm I'm very much with you on on just the. The video that I made, the the fu fascist video, your sentiments are, are kind of where I'm coming from. There, that's why I, I made it. I wanted to make something completely just brazen and in your face to say, no, it's you. You are the problem. And I think that's why that video has actually struck such a chord uh, with people. Um, and it was originally I made it. It was a nine second video. It was, making uh, fun of somebody because uh, they said they were going to call the cops on me and uh, for like being a gun owner or something like that. It's, it's been like, it's been like two years uh, or at least a year and a half since I originally made it. And then I just chopped it down to the FU fascist part and just post that just because it's a lot easier to reuse that one video clip. <laughs> and, uh, and now with, uh, with the, the the people at Twitter who uh, I'm playing whack-a-mole with uh, every month, they, they find my account, they eat it. And uh, I have to uh, create a new one. Uh, I, I actually <laughs> now use that video just to kind of like 
be like, hey guys, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> That's your help me find my friends. Pretty much. Yeah. In, in fact, actually, uh, on Twitter right now, uh, what I made a, a tweet that said, uh, I just posted the video and said, retweet for a lot, a larger audience. And you know what? Like that's been the one that like since for like the last week, people will keep finding and go, Oh crap, there he is. Follow. Well, I have my, uh, my bot on the podcast account. It posts a, a tweet every four hours. It's just something from a list. And, uh, after the end of every podcast, I add a new uh, a new thing to the list. It's a link to your profile, um, along with listen at this episode that is the interview with this guy. Um, and uh, just when you get yeeted, let me know, and I will uh, adjust the text on the bot to your new account. <laughs> Much appreciated because uh, it, it is august and i created this one in july so uh so the current account is is overdue to get uh to get banned <laughs> how long did the last one last uh, i like seriously uh i i'm only getting like a month per account now because wow. they're they're it, once you've been permanently suspended which i still my my account that's like 7500 followers i still have no idea what got it suspended uh i just like i had had like timeouts before um, but like, I just logged in one day and like, it was like the, it was back in June when the, the, the great yeeting happened, the culling mm -hmm. of all of the most like the awesome accounts. Yeah. Um, and so then they, so they hit me then I made a new one. They hit me again. They, they I think I made three accounts just in June alone and they just kept getting them. Uh, and then I, I made it like a, a couple in July, I think. And then this one has has made it. I think, yeah, I made two in July, and this is the one that's survived so far. But, I mean, I can't use the Twitter app anymore. I, I have to use uh, – uh, I'm using web. The, the, the web app, uh, or I'm using, the, uh, I'm using a web browser uh, that's different from what I normally use. I use uh, – uh, and I have to use a VPN. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's – it's, and I make so many uh, – Google Voice accounts and um, uh, Proton email accounts. It's 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 gotten ridiculous. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Yeah. You you and uh, I, you I don't know, I don't know if you know Tet. You know Tet yep. Sui. Okay. Yeah. You and him are kind of in the same uh, in the same boat there. Constantly having to get new accounts. I uh, am a little bit more uh, tactful with my language than you guys. So I. I actually uh, lost one account. I got yeeted, and then I got it back uh, when Elon was going to buy Twitter. I put in my appeal, and they let it finally go through. I didn't even say anything bad. Someone just, you know, report bombed me, and yeah, it just ended up. Somebody just said, "Okay, fine, yeah, we'll ban, we'll ban the guy." Um, and I got my account back, and I was just sitting there. I don't know what to do with it. So, <laughs> yeah, I periodically like try to get like my my account back but it's still suspended. <laughs> that sucks. It is what it is. I can keep creating new ones. You know, it's, it's the cool thing is, is that I still uh, find like the core people that I want to talk to on it. Yes. That is the most important thing. And for the most part, uh, they all, they'll all follow you back. Um, 
It is annoying to have someone follow me, following me on my old account, but not my new one. That is pretty annoying. Yeah. Well, I mean, I currently have about 7,000 followers to find, but, yeah. uh, but that's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not going to take it too seriously because it's, it's just social media. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it does. What it does suck though, is that it re- social media is kind of like the new like town hall. Mm-hmm. So we, when we get blocked, they're banned. It's like they're, it's, it's as if Twitter is trying to suppress our voices. I mean, I understand, you know, it's a private platform. They can do what they want, but it does seem kind of, uh, there's a huge issue with, uh, anarchists and libertarians, uh, uh, gun Twitter. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of us just randomly getting banned or muted, blocked, uh, IP banned. That's always fun. Um, yeah. It's... Well, the thing about an IP ban is that your IP address, unless you have a static IP address, uh, okay. that's not going to really be the most effective way to, to, to block. Because once your IP refreshes, uh, someone else is going to end up with that IP. True, but honestly, a lot of people are still really stuck in the past, like average Joes mostly. They're still using the static. A lot of new newer routers do start uh, with dynamic as the default, so that's been reducing a lot, from what I understand. Right. Well, I mean, that's your your IP though is is ju- like you can if you like unplug it and plug it back in, you, you're going to be on dynamic because uh, at least in my area, they want you to pay for they want you to pay an extra ten dollars a month to have that static IP address. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, it's well, I um. So I, and you can't even get actually a static IP address uh, with, uh, so I have Comcast Business and I have Comcast Home because I, I rent an office space for, for my day job because uh, I, I, uh, I, I work remotely, but I had to rent an office space because my home was so small. It's changing. I, have, I bought a house and I'm going to move into the basement and use that as my office. But um, I had the, the same company uh, and I had the, you cannot on the home uh, version like the like the cons- regular consumer, you can't even get a static IP address. You have to uh, uh, you have to have Comcast business. That's why I have uh, Comcast. You have to have Comcast business to be able to uh, get the the static IP address, and uh, then you have to even pay extra on top of having the uh, the, ex- the the business account. I did not know that. Well, dude, I. These are things I know just from um, from from working in the IT space and also just uh, so this is actually kind of a funny story. I I had to try to uh, set up a server for a company, but the uh, the owner of the company, uh, everyone worked remote before remote was cool. So the owner of the company had a server set up at his house. The the, uh, then his uh, his his second in command, he had a server, a redundant one or what was the goal was going to be set up at his house and they were supposed to be synced up. I could never get it to work. And it was because uh, I needed to have static IP addresses. And I didn't know this at the time because I was very new in IT at the time. I was like not prepared for this level of a task. And he had, he had the home version. He, he had just the, the regular consumer thing. And it's like, it's like, Oh, well there's the problem. Even though I set everything up properly on the hardware, 
you, you, you got to pay for the more expensive service, bud. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you. Yeah. It's always yeah. the software. <laughs> and now we went from talking about fascism to talking about uh, uh, IP addresses. <laughs> well, this, this, is, this is how podcasts go. This is what makes them fun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, fuck those fascist IP addresses. Uh, give, me, give, me my, give me my static IP for free, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> give me my static IP. Or F you, fascist. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been basically an hour, so um, I think that sounds good. Um, I, I think that we've done a pretty good job. We'll just get a few final words in here. So um, I would say that for the, the crimes, the sins of, of masquerading as, as some sort of virtuous endeavor, uh, this modern form of fascism uh, really, uh, it really is a, a part of the body of the Antichrist. It, it's... It fits every definition. It causes awful decisions on all sides, whether you consider the sides rightist or leftist or centrist or liberal, whatever word you want to use for it, or if you don't want to use a word at all. It causes all of these conglomerate of bad decisions to come together because people are afraid to speak their mind against a primary narrative, and that ends up letting the primary narrative change to just whatever the people who are willing to manipulate it is. So for that sin, for that crime, I do declare this modern fascism to be part of the body of the Antichrist. Where can my people find you, Bang Switch? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. So uh, I'm currently going under the name Darth BSA uh, on Twitter. Um, you can also uh, find me on uh, YouTube where I have a YouTube channel that I'm trying to get back up, up and going. I, I've been... It's called uh, PCP Media. It has nothing to do with the drug. I used to have a video uh, production company called Pork Chop Productions, oh. uh, which was a joke in and of itself. Too long to go into right now. But you can find me at PCP Media, uh, where I produce uh, gun content there. And uh, um, and then you can find me on Darth BSA on Twitter. And uh, I do have a website that uh, is just uh, PCP slash media dot com that is currently horrendously out of date, but um, now that I'm finally almost finished up moving and my kid's born and life's, I'm not in grad school and life's kind of like calming down. I plan to get everything back up and running, uh, probably more this, this winter. That's awesome. Man. Uh, so do you have any specific plans that you'd like to announce now? Uh, I, I still kind of want to figure that back out, but I want to do, uh, I, I want to focus on, um, finding more focus for my YouTube channel, uh, in the, in my gun niche space there, uh, and, um, try just to, to really flesh out how I want to move the website forward as well as uh, kind of, um, a space where I don't have to worry about getting banned and I can create content. I want to try to make, figure out how we can funnel people in there because one thing I, I've kind of come to the conclusion is early on is that it's, th these aren't, I'm creating spaces where, where people are like-minded or, or people who are interested can come together and it's our communities, our community and communities versus um, just this is my thing and watch my thing. 
yeah, I mean, that's that's really the dream. Um, that's It's kind of like buying your own house on the internet. <laughs> this is my home. I can do what I want with it. I can cook whatever food I want, smoke whatever weed I want. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you know, you go to people's personal websites sometimes and you'll say they're just doing stuff that would be 100% DMCA copyright takedown on, on YouTube. And they just, you know, they uploaded it to their WordPress for, for a joke. It's hosted on their Google, uh, on their Google drive, which is anonymized. So they almost never get DMCA taken down. And if they do, they just make another Google and upload it again. Cause they just got banned and that's all that happens. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Uh, I love my website. Um, it is uh, brought to us by webarchist.com. Uh, BJ has been awesome. She's been a huge help, uh, helping hope the, uh, host the podcast. Um, really took a lot of the burden off of my back. Um, so uh, if you want to check out uh, her new empire of websites, that is, again, webarchist.com. And uh, again, Banks with Actuator, thank you very much for coming. Um, appreciate you. And uh, to the rest of you kids, enjoy the rest of your days. Um, may the Lord bless you and your families. Stay safe and uh, hate the Antichrist. Peace. <laughs>